Today's episode of The Media Files is supported by Lift Period. Lift Period provides first-time menstruators with everything they need to prepare them for their first period. This is a new and exciting time in your child's life, and Lift Period is determined to give your child a better experience of starting their period than any of you had. No more embarrassing conversations or hiding tampons up their sleeve. Periods aren't weird or gross, and Lift Period is here to help them celebrate, not just tolerate. Buy a box today at liftperiod.com and use code MEDIAFILES5 to get $5 off. That's liftperiod.com. For me, it's 8.47 a.m. on May 27th, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle. And with me in my ever-evolving second chair is the executive producer of this show, host of a bunch of other podcasts you may or may not have listened to. But welcome back to The Media Files, Brian. Oh, it's been a while, but I'm here. It has I'm back, been a while. I am excited for this episode. I can't get enough of the topic that we are talking about, and I'm glad to just talk about it again. <laughs> You know, I wonder how many people listen to the media files, and as soon as they hear your voice, they're like, oh, video game episode. They already know. They already know. It's a video game episode, and you should know what game we're talking about today. (laughs) This is a, no, this is a big one. And usually when we do video game themed episodes. It's only big ones. It's the big ones. It's the ones that are making a a splash of pop culture significance. Uh, And it's a couple a year that do that, right? One or two games a year really kind of burst into the, the video game kind of pop culture everywhere scene. And I think that this one has definitely broached that barrier. What have we done here before? What have we done? We've done... Oh, let's see. We Ghost talked about Resident Evil. We did Resident Evil Village. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. And then we, we did... We did Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. That was a big which, one, too. Which yeah. is the biggest video game episode we've had on the media That's files. True. That's true. That's true. That was a huge ordeal in the video gaming world. Um, but then you've also been with me on the end of the year episodes, the best of 20-whatever mm-hmm. episodes, when we talked about mm-hmm. best video games of the year. Yep, that's my expertise, unfortunately. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and here we are. Let's go ahead and jump into it. This week, we are talking about Elden Ring. Ring is the newest game from Japanese developer From Software, best known for their unforgiving and difficult combat and boss battles placed in intricately designed worlds. You are a tarnished, an exile called back to the lands between in order to gather the great runes and repair the shattered Elden Ring. The game is directed by Hidetaka Miyazaki and employed the writing assistance of famed fantasy author George R.R. R. Martin. It was released on PC, PS4, and 5, and the Xbox consoles on February 25th, 
2022. Um, this so. A little bit of backstory, I guess, going into Elden Ring for those that don't know what Elden Ring is. This game has been anticipated for many, many years, and we've seen little clips and snippets of it here and there. And then for two years in a row at the at the official Game Awards, it was voted the most anticipated video game. And finally, it comes out at the end of February 2022. Everybody gets their hands on it. And I, you know, I want to say to nobody's surprise, but also to a lot of people's surprise, it's received to universal possible greatest of all time video game acclaim. As it lived it up to the right hype. Now, it lived up to the hype. It did. It did. And so few games do that, I, I feel. But. As it sits right now, it's sitting at a 96 on Open Critic. Open Critic is a site which pulls an aggregate score from all reviews of video games that have been published. It's sitting at a 96. It is the second highest rated video game of all time currently on the website, which is obviously a huge achievement. For a, a while, it was the number one. It was on the Open number Critic. one until a 9.5 out of 10 brought it down to 96, <laughs> which is an insane thing to say that I a know. score of 9.5 out of 10 actually brings a game down. Uh, but there were so many 10 out of 10s, 5 out of 5s, you know, 100 out of 100, whatever. So many scores of that coming in that a 9.5 actually dropped it down a tier and made it the second highest rated game of all time after Super Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. So, Brian. And all those things being said, you and I have poured many hours into Elden oh, yeah. Ring. And oh, yeah. I want to know, what are your overall thoughts on Elden so, Ring? As a time of recording, I'm, I'm at about 115 hours. And I have not finished the main story yet. So I have been neglecting finishing the game until I'm ready to be done with it and move on to New Game Plus. When I finish it, when I kill the last boss, I want that to be the platinum popping at the same time, right? Won't that be so, nice? Yeah, and, and I can do that. So I am on that path. You can actually do everything in one playthrough, except there are three trophies for the endings. There are three endings for Elden Ring. And this okay. is a spoiler cast, so we will get into you know some of the spoiler content later. Right. But there are three endings for Elden Ring. However, you can abuse the save states to get all of them in one. Sure, sure. And I do plan on doing that. But my overall thoughts on Elden Ring, I am a huge, and I know we're going to talk about From Software in a little bit. I am a huge From Software fan. Their formula, when they started out with Demon Souls and progressed into Dark Souls, specifically Bloodborne, which I know you weren't a huge fan of, but was still before Elden Ring, Bloodborne was my favorite From Software game to date. They've also done Sekiro, and I, I love their formula. Like, Sekiro was Game of the Year two years ago at the Game Awards. Right, and people that are familiar with with video games, even kind of tangentially, Dark Souls, Demon's Souls, Bloodborne, these are games that people are aware of because they are so, so difficult, so unforgivingly difficult, but a lot of people really like them for that reason. Absolutely. And Bloodborne, I know you struggled with, but Bloodborne was still, before Elden Ring, my ultimate from software experience. I right. loved the atmosphere. I loved the aesthetic. I loved the faster paced gameplay. And Elden Ring took elements from Bloodborne, right? Like the faster paced combat. We have a horse now called Torrent that has completely opened up the FromSoft formula and, and made combat even more interesting and engaging, especially because you can ride around and kill stuff now on your horse and, um, and, and specifically even like boss fights and stuff, right? You're able to just mount up sometimes and 
just make the fights easier. So I feel like this is a good introductory game, even though it is difficult, even though it is from software, it is a good introductory game to their formula because it is this massive open world that they've had to adapt their formula to. And I think it speaks volumes to how much fun you've been having and specifically how much fun friend of the show, Sean, has been having. He's been on the show many times, usually when you're talking about Marvel stuff. But um, One of those coming up soon. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But he's loving it, and he is not a big fan of, like, challenging games or, you know, and never played any other From Software game, and he can't put this down. And I think that just speaks volumes to what they've been able to accomplish with this game. You know, like you said... I attempted to play Bloodborne originally, and I fell off of it. I, you know, with the limited video gaming time that I have, I it just wasn't worth it to me to fight the same boss over and over and over. You know, try on end until I could finally do it. So I did fall off of that game. However, the hype to this game was too much for me coming out, and I thought, you know what, I have to give in. I have to play this game. And I'm really glad that I made that decision because I really do think that this is a genre defining video game. A lot of people have been comparing this game to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and they are similar games in a lot of ways. You've got this big, wide open world where you can pretty much run around and do whatever you want in kind of whatever order you want to do it in also with some limitations. And you're finding gear, you're finding these neat NPCs to talk to. However, I think that the best comparison to this game, to to Breath of the Wild, is that when Breath of the Wild came out, it really redefined how open world games were handled. It took the open world adventure genre and made it so much more accessible. You could climb over anything. You had a hang glider. You were you were able to go and do anything you wanted at any time. And that was such an such an unlimiting and freeing ability to move around the world that it just kind of changed how open world games worked forever at that point. And that was that was new. It was novel and it was amazing. And I considered a Breath of the Wild, a Breath of the Wild, a 10 out of 10 game when it came out. I still do. I think it's a masterpiece. This game does very similar to that for me, where it took that open world formula that I think was really made very new and fresh with Breath of the Wild and has really, really gone to to extreme ends to make it feel very lived in, very alive, very vibrant. There are so many beautiful vistas, so many places to go. And just as soon as you think you have have cleared one area of all enemies or bosses, you find something else to do. There are so many things packed into the world of Elden Ring that I can't believe we've never played anything like this before. And at the same time, I can't believe they've been able to pull something like this off. I can't imagine the amount of work and man hours that went into making this game so alive and so vibrant. And I've been having an absolute blast. I know that we don't do very often written reviews on RPGera.com anymore. We used to. (laughs) We used to a lot, and we haven't as much lately. However, I would say in last year, we lacked a 10 out of 10 game on RPG Era. I think this is a 10 out of 10 for both you and I. I think we are in agreement. 
that this game is a 10 out of 10 game for us. 100%. And I think the reason you specifically are enjoying this so much more than, say, Bloodborne or any of the other FromSaw. Did you play Sekiro by chance? No, I never played Sekiro. Okay. So you, I think you're really enjoying this more than specifically Bloodborne, since I know that's the one that you really tried jumping into, because you're not locked to a boss, right? Right. So in Bloodborne, if you couldn't get past something, you were stuck until you got past it. Here in Elden Ring, there are, I want to say, 14 main bosses in the game, like progression bosses from start to finish. There are 14 main bosses. However, there are about 200 additional bosses, <laughs> maybe, maybe less than that. I don't know. Probably a high estimate. I think it's 80. But there are a plethora of world bosses that can be found either roaming the open world or found within these smaller caves slash dungeons, which are always beneficial to explore because they will give you new weapons or they will give you new armor, as you mentioned earlier. But these bosses tend to be on the easier side than the 14 main bosses you need to actually beat to progress or open up areas that you can't get to without beating them. So... You're not really banging your head against something because if you do try, you know, say you try jumping in and trying to kill, which you did several times, you tried killing, uh, my God, the first boss, Margit, Morgoth. Margit the Fellowman, yes. Margit the Fellowman. I remember you ran into that. You uh, hit a a wall and you went down to the Weeping Peninsula and started exploring down there because you couldn't kill the boss. Yeah. And that's something you're able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that right there is not making anybody feel frustrated. Because exactly. if you hit a wall, just go somewhere else. There's going to exactly. be something else you can do to get more powerful, to level up, to get runes, go back in a couple hours and try again. You're not going to have not, you're still going to have fun. You're still going to be clearing sh- the game. You're still going to be killing bosses. You're still going to be upgrading yourself. It's a blast. And I think that also lends itself to the huge success of this game is that it, while it is difficult, and a lot of people say that the boss encounters are more difficult than some of the other Souls games, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Just wait. Just freaking yeah, wait. I hear I hear it gets very, very difficult, you know, towards the later game, and I'm probably, what, maybe a third of the way. You're about a third, and, and you're actually, uh, based on what we did, you haven't done the, the manor yet in Lenoria of the Lakes. Right. But once you do that, you'll be going to an underground area, and if you just follow the, you know, the, the guided path... And then eventually you'll get to Kaled. And the main boss in Kaled, Star Scourge Radon, uh-huh. I feel like is the first boss that really is a is a basically like a gatekeeper. That's the <laughs> that's the boss that everybody has talked about. If you can beat Margit and Godric, then this is the boss that has been keeping everybody back, holding everyone mm-hmm. back. He's he's the gatekeeper boss. And I'm I'm very curious for you to get there. It took me several hours to beat him. And it took me uh, just several attempts to even get up to him because you start so far away from him that he can kill you before you even get to him. Right. There, there's something to be said, though, for trying over and over, like you said, for hours and then succeeding. Right. And, and such a good that feeling. challenge It's such a good feeling. It's such a good feeling. Um, but there is, you know, the success, I think, of this game hinges on, like you said, being so much more accessible despite the difficulty spikes, being so much more accessible in allowing a player to go and level themselves up a few more times, try something else, do something else for a little while, and not being pigeonholed into one battle over and over and over again to the point that you're frustrating and quitting the game. 
I also do want to say, too, like I mentioned, this game was written in terms of dialogue, plot, some quest lines by famed fantasy author George R.R. R. Martin, best known for the Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I've not read really any of his material. I did see the first two seasons of Game of Thrones before I fell off from that. And see, I've not watched any of Game of Thrones, but I have read the I know you've read the whole series, and I think you've read even more of his stuff, haven't you? Did he write anything else besides those, or no? I don't even know. No, he doesn't have much else besides those, I'll be honest, but no, that's all I've read. Is there any comparisons you can draw based on what he's written to Elden Ring? You know what? I think there is, and he is really good in in my opinion and, and there are there are a lot of varying opinions on George R R Martin. Um I have some not great opinions on George R R Martin. I don't he's Shout not out to my South fav- Park. <laughs> he's not my favorite author. They ripped him apart. <laughs> yeah, he's not my favorite author and he's not my favorite uh fantasy author persona either. I think that he's he can be kind of problematic. However, that being said, he does a really good job at writing long winding stories that interweave with multiple characters and and take you into different locations he does a really really good job of that even if they're side stories these small characters are usually pretty well fleshed out and i know that a lot of people get really frustrated with how sometimes he just leaves things unfinished mm-hmm. not to mention his entire book series but sometimes some plot lines will start go a certain direction and then never really get picked back up that can be a frustrating thing but that's what i've kind of noticed and picked up in some of the quest lines of elden ring is if you meet a character the chance of that character being integral to the story is very low it is usually just very slim very it is a person standing on the side of the road. He gives you a couple of lines of dialogue, well-written dialogue, might I say. The dialogue is very good in this game. The voice acting is very good. But he gives you a few lines of dialogue that point you towards a direction. And if you go in that direction and do essentially what that NPC says... Then it continues the quest and there's no quest log in the game. There's no markers in the game to show that you've done this. You just have to pick up the clues and the context from the NPCs that you speak to. And so they end up being very minor things in the game, very minor quest lines, very minor additions of story. But they add so much more to the overall lore of the lands between where the Elden Ring takes place. And I think that is where George R. R. Martin excels, and I think that that shows very specifically in the building up of this world of Elden Ring. You don't have to do any of the side quests. Not a one of them. You you can complete this game without doing any of the additional content or side quests, but I will say there are some quests that definitely should have been emphasized more because I feel like there are some that should have been main story, yeah. Yeah, not only can you skip all of them, but a lot of people are because they just don't find these characters. They, Like I said, it might just be a guy sitting off to the side of a room, and that's it. Yep. And that's very interesting. They are, they are very minor characters, but like you said, they do add so much in terms of flavor and lore to this to this world the lands between that i think that you know his his expertise in creating a very lore deep and rich world is coming through here in elden ring what i thought was hilarious before the most recent update 
the 1.03 update yes where they went back in and you know there were some bugs with certain quests to where they weren't continuing on i actually for a while there was thinking is that just george rr R. martin right is that oh, just yeah. him putting together the quests and then not leaving finishing. it not finished right exactly That's which is something so that he's known for yes. so i thought for a while that like the kenneth hate quest that starts in uh that starts in limgrave uh-huh. like you even asked me about it because once you do it and you you know you liberate his fort that he wants you to do you go there and talk to him and he's like oh well i can't do anything for you we have to you know do something else and then that's just where it stopped yes and it never progressed and it was a bug so the team did fix it and that quest line will continue later in the game now but for the while i was just thinking man is this just george r, r. martin is this just unfinished luckily it's not but i was wondering for a while there if it was i also can't it can't be you know understated or overstated rather the emphasis this, that this game has on dragons and yes and a lot of very dragons. similar to the dragons that we've seen in George R. R. Martin's worlds before. And, you know, I saw, I saw a meme that says, George R. R. Martin, let's stick with four dragons in this game. And Miyazaki says, 40, got it. You know, and, um, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's a lot of dragons. They are big, they are brutal, and they act a lot like Martin's dragons from Game of Thrones. If that's something you're a fan of, I think you'll find a lot to be enjoyed here with the dragons. And some of the dragon battles well. have been my favorite. Some oh, of the dragon been battles have been yeah, my we, favorite. We, you and we, I, you and I just fought a dragon. Yeah, we yeah. fought a dragon. Had a blast with it. Took a couple tries. Did got Took invaded once, tries, but we got it down. We got it down. You know, I do think that it's very interesting in an age of gaming where you know mobile gaming has become so popular. Mobile gaming is so, so accessible and people like those types of games. And when you look at the the really big popular games in terms of revenue and pop culture value that have come out in the last X amount of years, right? You're looking at games that are on your phone. A lot of games that come out on the phone. You're looking at smaller indie games like Stardew Valley, which has had a huge cultural impact. And these are games that are not hard, right? There are puzzles. There are there there's farming. Farming games have always been really popular. You think of Farmville and, and like I said, Stardew Valley. Games that are not difficult have become very, very popular. And that's okay because we are a casual gaming audience. That's kind of the Animal Crossing being a huge one that dropped last year. Love it. Or two years ago, excuse me. And now here's this game that comes out. It has sold a massive amount of copies. It was the it was the biggest release of a video game since Red Dead Redemption 2. If it doesn't win Game of the Year this year, I'll be shocked. I will be absolutely blown away for it to not win Game of the Year. I think that would be... And, and only in March, I think that we can safely say that this is a lock. However, if it doesn't, then I think it got robbed. I mean, this is the Game yeah. of the Year. Now, coming out of that, this game is difficult. This game is it hard. Is. And it is it is not accessible in the way that Farmville, Stardew Valley, um, you know, those uh, Candy Crush, right? Animal Crossing. It is not those games. Why do you think it is that a game like this ends up being just as successful as games like those? I think it speaks a lot to From Software and just how they've mastered game development. Like you look at where they started with Demon Souls and how brutally difficult Demon Souls was. And it wasn't that accessible, right? 
and then they move into Dark Souls. And Dark Souls 1 kind of opened it up a little bit, but it was still really freaking hard. And they didn't really start figuring out the, the, the universal acclaim until Bloodborne hit. And Bloodborne was such a massive success, obviously backed by Sony's marketing and all the money they pumped into it. And I really think that put From Software on the map. But now, after they've been able to go through so many different games and so many different areas, we come to Elden Ring, which I know we're going to go back and, and compare it to Breath of the Wild again. But you look at how Breath of the Wild was so accessible for being a Nintendo game, right? Nintendo games, you mentioned Animal Crossing, they usually are very accessible to players. Elden Ring doesn't really get difficult until the later portion of the game. Like, right. it's difficult. It's but difficult. It's doable. Yeah. It's doable, especially because there's so much content in the game that doesn't feel difficult. So you could actually not necessarily grind, but if you're just exploring the world and exploring the areas and going off the actual path you're supposed to be on, encountering some of these world bosses, encountering some of these caves or smaller dungeons that do have some decent upgrades and some fun boss fights in them, that by the time you get to the main boss you're supposed to be killing, you don't struggle. But there isn't point in time where you will struggle even if you're prepared. And that's about yes. the time you get to the mountaintop of the giants. Right. And a lot of players are not there yet. So we haven't seen a lot of the casual players actually get to that portion and start complaining. I feel like over the next week or two, when more and more people get deeper into this game, because really the only ones that are there so far are the ones that are hardcore FromSoft fans and just, you know, know how to play these games from start to finish like like I do with, with your eyes closed, more or less. Right, right. But the casual players, which are going to start complaining about the difficulty, now granted some of them already have, you brought this to my attention within the last few days that you've started seeing it more and more. But people are making videos on it. People are talking about it on other podcasts. Once you get to that part, it is a very, very challenging experience. So I think what we're running into here is just a lot of people still being in the early stages of the game where it's relatively easier. Sure. You know, I do think that players need to be trusted also. And I think that that's why a difficult, you know, a very difficult game like this gets the kind of success that it has is that. You and I both loved Animal Crossing New Horizons. We loved it. You and I both like kind of easy, chilled, laid back games like, you know, there's a new Kirby game that came out. I'm really excited for that. I like the Lego video games. I talked about Stardew Valley. We like games like that where you can sit back, chill, not have to worry about getting killed by a boss 40 times in a row. Right. However, we also like that challenge. And and like you said, the the feeling that you get after completing a very, very difficult challenge like that is unlike any other. You feel like you've mastered the world. You've accomplished more than you could ever hope to. And that's a really, really cool feeling. I really love that. And I think that that's where From Software has really kind of perfected the formula. There are easy challenges in this game. There are medium challenges. And then there are, you know, mind-numbingly difficult challenges. And the way that they've weaved all of those together to make it so that you still feel like you're progressing and still feel like you're succeeding even when you're stuck somewhere has really created a very successful formula. And I would be very surprised if they ever kind of go back from this formula going forward. I agree. I think that this is 
where we're going to see from soft excel in the future i don't know where they're going to go next i don't know right if they're going to do another elden ring a sequel i don't know if they're going to go back to dark souls i don't know if they're going to go back to demon souls i don't know if they're going to back to sekiro they have so many options right they have so many ips but they also excel at creating new ips so i don't know where they go next but i promise that it will have a very similar feel to elden ring once they do another game it has to it has to. Yeah. It, it, like I said, I would be I would be shocked if it didn't. And I would be, you know what? I would be bummed if it didn't. Me too, I think. Now, I do like the older style, right? Like, I, if they do a Dark Souls 4, I wouldn't mind it following the Dark Souls format because sure. that's what I'm used to. But I think for something new, even for Sekiro, I kind of wish Sekiro would have followed this formula because I think Sekiro would have been a much better game. And I loved Sekiro. I finished it. I thought it was a great game. There's a reason it won the Game Awards at the Game Awards in 2020. I loved Sekiro, but I wish it would have been more open after I've played through a majority of Elden Ring because Elden Ring is the definitive from software experience, in my opinion. Well, after all this praise that we've heaped upon it, we have to do what we do at the end of every episode. Brian, how do you arbitrarily rate Elden Ring? I would give Elden Ring 12 out of 12 sacred tears. Ooh, sacred tears. Mm-hmm. Gosh, when you find one of those, doesn't that feel good to be able to finally upgrade your flasks? And you're oh like, my yes. And there are 12. There are 12 in the game, so you can get your flasks upgraded to plus 12. Just a, just a little bit more survivability against those tough oh, bosses. So Such good. Such a great feeling. I would rate this as... 10 grafted arms on the back of Godric out of 10. <laughs> and one dragon's head. One dragon's head. Oh, what a oh, You know it's what? So it's good. these goofy bosses that like like Godric They don't make any sense. He just sticks his you know, cut off arm inside of a dragon and the dragon comes alive. It's so yep. stupid. He puts but a dragon's so head onto his arm and now the dragon's blowing fire everywhere. And there's arms on his back that are all he kills people and then puts their body parts onto himself and then they all wiggle and it's so weird and gross. Uh, but it's <laughs> hilarious and stupid and I love it's it. It's so good. I love it's it. So and, good. and there's so much personality to it. You know, there's so much weirdness, weird personality that goes into a game like this. You meet these just bizarre, bizarre creatures that are just fun to watch and fun to fight. Kind of interesting it, that this is a spoiler cast, but there really isn't a ton of like narr- narrative spoiler content. Like, it's very light on narration. Yeah. This game, the vast majority of this game, you are not talking to anybody except for yourself, uh, cursing yourself as you, you know, go against a boss for the twentieth time. But and some of the and some of the maidens that you, you know, that yes, you're kind of yes. coming in contact with because a tarnished player or a tarnished, as they're just called in this world, cannot become an Elden Lord without a maiden. So you have uh-huh. to have a maiden. Is that the three the three endings of the game? You choose a maiden? Uh, no, actually. Oh, bummer. no, no, actually. <laughs> that would have been pretty sweet, though, right? It would it would have been pretty cool. No, the three I endings chosen have the to elder do... crone, the the hand reader. Oh, she's not one of them. No, unfortunately, ah, she's not. She's not a maiden. You can choose. <laughs> Is this the girl that keeps asking me for grapes? Uh, no. Okay, because no, I've given her she... like three grapes, and I keep running into her. Okay, see that girl. I've only given her two grapes. Okay. So keep... my game, I um, I have not been able to get a third grape yet, because I accidentally did the invasion at the Revenge Shack. Ah, oh, jeez. So I think I've 
totally screwed that side quest up and I'll never be able to finish it. Well, if you do, Brian, let me know. And if I do, if I keep giving this girl grapes, I have no idea what's going to go on. She just wants grapes all the time. I'll let you know what happens. Let me know. But that's all the time we got. We want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you again, Brian, for being here this week. Thanks for having me. We are the true Elden Lords. The Media Files is provided by RPGera.com. Technical assistance is provided by you, Brian. And the producers are Jexac and Zanku. I'm on Instagram at Brewstop. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H. Or at the RPG Era Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to. And until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later.